Welcome to the Storycraft Cafe. Come in, grab a cup of your favorite beverage, and get ready to join the storytelling conversation. Storycraft Cafe is brought to you by Dabble, the ultimate cloud-based fiction writing software. Here we're going to bring together storytellers from all walks to encourage and empower you to craft your best story. October is finally here, and in the writing community, we refer to the month before NaNoWriMo, or National Novel Writing Month, as Preptober. And to celebrate Preptober in the Storycraft Cafe, we are going to do a series of live shows where me and a group of other folks from the cafe are going to be joining in to look at how to prepare your writing software and to get ready for NaNoWriMo or to get ready to write a novel. You know, it doesn't have to be October when you decide to prepare to get ready to write a novel. We're going to go over things that will help anytime that the muse strikes or you just decide that you have a great idea that you want to pursue and get that story inside of you out onto words on the screen. So starting Wednesday, October the 4th, we are going to start our Preptober writing challenge in the Storycraft Cafe. Go to storycraft.cafe and you can join in while we do this live stream. We'll also be releasing these on our podcast channel. But if you want to join in live as we do it on YouTube, find the link at storycraft.cafe and come join us. Jump in and join all the shenanigans going on and share ideas with us. I can show you how to set up Dabble so that you can get started, but it's always fun when you have other people to bounce ideas off of and to, you know, let the creativity flow. Storycraft.cafe. Come join us, won't you? Now on to our show. And we are live here in the Storycraft Cafe. I am your host, Hank Garner. Today, I'm super excited to have Carissa Orlando on the show with me to talk about her brand new book. It's been out for a couple of weeks now, The September House. And I'll tell you what, Carissa, uh, this is definitely the time of year uh, for this kind of book. You know, there's a, there's a hint on the air that the seasons are beginning to change and, you know, uh, the decorations are changing. And I've seen uh you know a a jack-o'-lantern or two start to pop up and uh you know there's uh signs around town with you know different haunted houses you know the the typical fall stuff coming up so when when i saw this book about a haunted house uh come up i, I knew we had to do it the september house is amazing uh in in 50 different ways it is such a it is such a fun book and fun uh is is not a great word sometimes <laughs> <laughs> but what a great read it is um welcome to the show well thank thank you so much thank you for having me and thank you for saying those sweet things about the book as well absolutely uh carissa i love to start our conversation with a fun question to kind of get things rolling and one question that i love to ask people is what is your first memory of wanting to be a writer or storyteller oh wow (laughs) 
if I remember the first time I decided I wanted to be a writer, but I can, I distinctly remember the first time I realized that writing could be fun and not a chore. As I think, I don't want to speak for every person in the world, but I think that a lot of like kids, when you're writing, it's, it's associated exclusively with school and like being told what to write. And that can be very boring. They're like, Oh, I have to write. And like, it's hard. The ideas don't come. It hurts your hand when you're young. Um, and so it was just like writing was this arduous task, but I remember, I, I, I don't remember the assignment, but I, I weirdly do think it was a fall assignment. Cause I think I have a memory of like writing the story on like a paper pumpkin or something. And something yeah. just happened where there was something about the thing I was supposed to write about that just kind of hit inspiration. And I wrote just this huge, just like all of the words just coming, coming out of me. Um, and I truly remember thinking like, Oh, this isn't horrible. Like writing can actually be very fun provided. I like what I'm writing about. Um, and and I, that that continues to this day where <laughs> writing can be both very fun, um, but also a little arduous if I'm not feeling it. Sure, sure. Um, one thing that I love hearing about is, uh, m- well, over the last 10 years, we've done over 1500 uh, author interviews and I can count on two hands the amount of people who pursued writing solely like that was their their singular focus in life uh, most people the the vast majority of people have sort of a circuitous route you know that mm-hmm. you you go through life and you pick up this experience and you have this relationship with these people and and these little nuggets here and there inform different things and we never know the tools that we're collecting along the way we just mm-hmm. gather them in a toolbox and one day we sit down and there's a story and we find mm-hmm. a use for all of these tools um you have a very interesting day job from what i understand um what yeah. what did you decide to pursue um career wise uh before you you know decided to write this novel yeah. So I am, I'm a psychologist. I have uh, my PhD in clinical community psychology. I kind of specialized in work with children and adolescents. Um, and interestingly, I kind of chose psychology because when I was younger, even though I did want to become an author, um, I did not think that was a very viable career <laughs> option. So I was like, why don't we prefer some, or why don't we pursue something that has a bit chance of getting landing me a job um and so i just decided to go to school for i don't know 13 straight years so and then afterwards i did become a writer but currently i am working uh, for a university i am in charge of teaching and training uh, graduate students pursuing their uh, doctoral studies in clinical psychology as well which i absolutely love i love my students i love my job um and it's cool that I get to do this and write. Absolutely. There's uh, there's probably um, an interesting story about the cross-section of a psychologist uh, who writes horror. Um, <laughs> do, you, do you find any... Um, uh, anything in your day job that helps you 
with your uh, with your horror slash psychological suspense <laughs> writing? Um, inadvertently, I've been asked if any of this is based on clients I've worked with. It's it's not. None, nothing yeah. that I write is inspired by by an actual person that I've known. But I think that just the understanding of emotion and understanding of psychological processes and how different people react differently to maybe the same circumstance or similar emotions or things like that, I think can, it helps as I write this. And also I think within psychology, I'm very interested in anxiety and fear. And those are universal emotions. Everybody is scared of something. Everybody feels, um, and that's what I enjoy so much about horror is that everybody can relate to the feeling that it evokes. Right. Right. What, uh, how long have you been a fan of horror? Since I was young, I think it kind of took over me. Like I remember like being young, like being late childhood and teenagers seeking out, you know, horror movies. And I read, I think like every other horror writer, I read a a lot of Stephen when I was a kid and kind of sought that stuff out, but it was never like the, my core defining thing. Um, but as I got older and got more into it, it's, I joke that it's kind of, I just, it's taken over my personality basically. That's <laughs> it's all I'm reading are horror books. If I'm not reading psychology stuff, um, all I'm reading is horror. I'm only watching horror movie. My spouse is like beside himself with happiness if he could get me to watch something that's not horror. <laughs> I, I've always um, found it interesting that uh, of all of the horror writers that I've gotten to know, um, most of them, well, all of them, I, I, I can't say most of them, um, everyone I've ever met is such a sweet, genuine person. <laughs> and it is, <laughs> and, and I know that to be true, but it, it's funny when you, when you talk to someone, you're like, oh, I, I, I met her and she's, she's so sweet and she has such <laughs> a gentle disposition. And they're like, but you didn't read what she wrote. I'm like, yes, I did. But, you know, the, just ignore all the, the blood pouring down the walls. It's, um, what do you think it is ab about these kinds of stories that we love to read? Even if um, yeah, I, I know a, a person who is a, a self-avowed scaredy cat, just afraid of everything, but will read the most horrifying things. And it it's almost like it empowers her uh, in some strange way that uh, to to be able to face the most horrific fear in the safety of her reading chair yes. um, is, is that you, you're more well, more well suited to address this than me, but what, what do you think it is that, that draws us to these types of stories? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's exactly it. I think you kind of, you, you, you hit it there um, is I, I think there is something so safe and I personally almost find it cozy to consuming something that is terrifying in the safety of your vulnerability factor to it. There's the knowledge that you are safe, which distinguishes horror so much from like the everyday horrors and the real life horrors broadly defined that we face every day where we don't have control over it and we might not be safe, but always pause my TV or close the book. 
Yeah. Um, is the, the September house is your debut novel. Uh, is this the first book that you have written? Yeah, actually this first, first book I've written, I would say as an adult in its entirety, I wrote stuff when I was like a kid and a teenager that uh, maybe I'll have like a burning party one day. It should never see the light of day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but then I took a, a long education break where the only thing I was writing were papers for class or like research articles or things like that, which has, has a cool place in society, but it's definitely not a creative pursuit, that's for sure. And so then this was the first thing I took up as a as a grown person. Yeah. Well, um, you said that you have been enamored with the the idea of writing for some time and and you know considered yourself to be a creative storytelling person what was it about this idea that that let you know that this was an aha moment um you know because uh you know the the trite question that writers get asked all the time is you know where do you get your ideas from well the truth is ideas are everywhere and yes. you know you just you you have to know which ones are worth pursuing or not, or, or, you know, whatever it is, that's the magic in that one particular idea. But what was it about this idea that, that sparked your imagination in a way that others had not previously? I am, I am truly not even sure. So even as you're talking about like, where do ideas come from? I I was almost pictured like the the idea fairy that like follows (laughs) you and sprinkles ideas upon you, which is partially how it feels like, but it's like the, the idea fairy does not have a schedule and you never know when they're going to show up. And so that's kind of almost what it was is the, the, the thing that I liked about this idea is that this, this entire book grew from almost like a single sentence of an idea, which was basically what if a person lived in the most haunted house you can imagine and was just completely fine with it, like unbothered, like just making their breakfast while ghosts are being crazy nearby. And I just found that funny. Um, And the process that I kind of have is that a lot of the stories I write start from kind of a single sentence idea like that of just something that either amuses me or I find fascinating or something like that, but but they don't evolve into a story then. Um, so I, I kind of have my idea. I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. I write it down on my crazy looking notes app on my phone and I'll like scroll through it and revisit it. And then it almost will have like sprouted little character who's well suited for telling this story. And there will become a kind of a, a point of no return where it's like, oh, this is a story. This is a full thing, a beginning, a middle and an end. Um, and somewhere along the line, September House, it found a character, found a beginning, middle and an end. And somehow it actually became a thing. How long did it take you to to write the first draft of this novel from from beginning to end, where when you finished it, you said, you know, this may need to go through revisions, but it's a whole story now. How long did that process take you? Surprisingly, not a long amount of time for this one. And I think it was partially because I was so excited to write it and also to be writing again that I was like, get it. Get all the get all the writing done. Um, I got the idea in late 2019, and the first draft was finished before COVID, um, okay. because I spent COVID editing and querying and things like that. So not not 
very long. The The rest of the things I've written have taken way longer. Yeah. <laughs> but this one just came out. Do, do I understand right that you consider yourself a plotter, a planner, but this book didn't necessarily go the way you had planned? <laughs> not, it, to, not to use I, a pun. I, I'm half and half. I am a little... I am more of a, of a plotter, but I give myself some freedom. Generally followed the plot, but the ending changed um, okay. actually a couple times during, or I was like midway through. I'm like, Oh, I think this is going to go a different way. And then I had the whole thing finished and I was like, Oh no, it's going to go an even different way. Um, and that was the way that it didn't, it didn't follow the rules in, in that way. <laughs> But I, I try and give myself a little bit more freedom now, too. I have a general sense of how it's going to go. I like to at least know beginning and end and a sense of how we're going to get there. But the fun is kind of seeing how the story goes in new directions or fills itself out in ways that you hadn't anticipated. And I like leaving space for that to happen. Yeah. Um, horror is a genre that is particularly well suited to the exploration of certain themes. Uh, and you can tell when, when a, a story um, has been uh, heavy handedly, you know, with these themes shoved in, you know, uh, but then there, there are stories where it's more subtle, where you, you don't really see it, but at the end of the story, you you realize that these things have developed and uh, and the horror story can really be a metaphor for a lot of things. Um, do you think in, in terms of theme and kind of underlying truths that come out in the story or do those things kind of uh, surface when it's all over and you realize that maybe there are some things that that came out in the writing that you weren't necessarily trying to cram in? I'm I'm definitely more the former, especially as I continue to write things. I I try and think about themes and what I'm trying to say and what I'm trying to get get across just so that I am sure that I am conveying the message that I'm trying to convey in the most appropriate and accurate way. Um the September house is a little bit fifty fifty because it's idea and not a theme idea. Yeah. Um, but the theme came fairly quickly as soon as I realized, oh, these are going to be, these are going to be the details of the story. It's like, oh, then this is going to be the themes that I'm working with. Gotcha. Um, you, you said a few minutes ago that when you had the original premise, um, that it, it made you laugh, that there was, there was something funny, uh, about that original premise. And I love hearing that because this is a hilarious book, um, which is not something that you're really prepared for when, when you talk about this level of suspense and, and, and out and out horror. Um, but there is something that makes it, uh, more it, including humor and levity raises the stakes in a lot of ways and makes the the really intense scenes uh, pack more of a punch because you're you you're getting to experience the whole scope of emotion. Um, was that something you thought about in writing? Uh, you know, when you're drafting, oh, you know, I need to let the reader off the hook here for a little bit, maybe 
change course or did it just kind of evolve in, in how the story came out? Yeah, that, that was definitely intentional. I, I was trying to be more conscious of that during the editing process. I think it started off, the humor came very naturally. And I think that it makes sense um, within within the plot. You know, Margaret is kind of very say about the all the ghosts and the pranksters that she's dealing with and so the humor really helps with that and I like having the big horrible grotesque thing being contrasted with her just oh ho-hum or almost like exasperated reaction like here's another thing I have to deal with the walls are bleeding I have to go clean up the dead birds um <laughs> But in editing, I needed to be mindful of what I needed to be serious and scary and what could be humorous and sometimes like intentionally lifting the humor out of scenes if I needed them to be completely serious so that what was meant to hit hard, hit hard and what could be lighter could stay lighter. Yeah. Um, When you're you said a lot of that came out in the editing phase um, there, you know, the, the old adage, you can't edit a blank page, uh, you know, uh, Anne Lamott said, you know, give yourself freedom to to write a crappy first draft, get, get it out, have something that you can edit. Um, was was that your mindset in getting that first draft out? You know, I, I need to get from beginning to end. I can go back and edit. Um, were you telling yourself these kinds of things in the writing? I, I, I Not as intentionally in the September house since it was the first one I had kind of written in a while. Now that's definitely the thing. And I think that that's also part of what I was doing in the September house. But now I'm very clear about like the first draft is to have a beginning and a middle and an end. And if I'm getting hung up on something, um, then I skip it. They'll put it in brackets or something like that and be like, come back to it later. Um, and some of that I did with September House, too. Like if there was something I needed to research, I'd leave it blank. If I was getting hung up on what a character was going to be named, they just went nameless. I think I had characters that went the entire first draft without being named um, yeah. and then just second. And so I'm even, even, I'm even more so now, like if I'm sitting there staring at a page, cause I can't think of a word we are moving on. Like we'll, we'll find the word later. We're just trying to get, to get, to get stuff out. Yeah. From that original premise of what if someone was living in a haunted house and they just didn't care, you know, um, when, when that, someone becomes personified uh in margaret um did did it start taking shape for you when you could attach those emotions those feelings to a person to a character and and where where did margaret come from and how did you start to flesh her out i also remember where margaret came from she i i strongly appreciate this of her she came very fully formed um so i'd say like the the single sentence idea came first margaret came second and then through who margaret was or at least like told me she was or probably in a more literal way who the story needed her to be to tell itself properly i was able to get the finer details of here's here's what's going to unfold throughout the story i'm being vague because spoilers <laughs> but 
I, I knew that for someone to kind of make the story work, they did need to be very, very chill and they needed to be pretty emotionally strong and have a good sense of humor and really to be able to roll with and cope with just about anything. And I felt like Margaret showed up and she was just like, hi, that's me. Also, I've got some stuff in my, in my past you might want to know about. It's like, all right, cool. Yeah. (laughs) Well, if, if Margaret and Hal, her husband taught us anything is that uh, in this housing market, if there's a good deal on a house, be skeptical. Um, <laughs> or just, did, you know, be willing, be open. Or, to, or to be willing and be open. You know, yeah. you just, you, you never know. You never know. Um, yeah. When, when you, um, when Margaret really, you said she came pretty fully formed. Um, did, did the story unfold because of her reactions in your mind you know this is how margaret would react to this or did you have a a scope of the plot in mind and then margaret drops in there did i I guess what i'm asking is does did the story come about because of margaret in the way she would respond or was it plot driven and then you just see how margaret would respond to that Yeah, I feel like it was a weird sort of 50-50. So I kind of, I have like the bare bones of a plot. So I knew kind of roughly these are the things that's going to happen in the story in a rough sense. And then once I got a sense of Margaret and kind of put her in this world and had her start interacting in in a finer detailed way, it's like, okay, I'm getting a sense of who this character is. So here is how these plot points will unfold in the nitty gritty with this character that I have, if that, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, Catherine, uh, another main character in the book, um, she enters the story um, after something happens and she comes in with a, a different uh, presence, a different point of view, um, which is a a great contrast uh, to Catherine or, how did or to Margaret? I'm sorry. Um, how did you start kind of drawing these characters and seeing the roles that they would play in the story? Catherine is so fun. She's so angry, and I love writing angry characters. <laughs> They're just, I love it. Um, I think Catherine was me kind of thinking about knowing Margaret and how and the 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 family past. What kind of offspring might that yield um and kind of what what might be likely given given genetics given nurture like what what would that have produced and the answer to me was Catherine is a person who is very guarded pretty closed off and incredibly angry um now, she has emotions that aren't anger that kind of hide under the surface, but all of her emotions tend to get expressed through anger. And that's kind of how she gets her needs met. And that is causing problems in her life and the lives of others as well. Um, and she's working on it. <laughs> she's getting there. Um, but she's not She's not there yet. And so she seemed kind of like the exact character that would have come out of and would be the character that was needed to really try to get to the bottom of things. Right. 
and and she's a, a perfect contrast. Um, yeah. she, her presence is is absolutely needed in the story and is a a, a perfect counterbalance, a counterweight to um, mm-hmm. to Margaret. It, it's it's so much fun. Um, you began writing the book in 2019. It is now we're about to be in the last quarter of 2023. Um, <laughs> You know, the, the process is wild and long yeah. and arduous, um, mm-hmm. but, you know, we now have a book that we can hold in our hands. Did, yeah. did the publishing process, um, you know, take you by surprise? Yeah. Yeah. As I'm, I'm wholly <laughs> unfamiliar with it. So everything that happened, I was like, oh, this is a thing. Um I'm incredibly grateful to my agents at Folio, Kat and Sharon, because they can, they helped kind of prime me for things that were upcoming in the process and would, they do a good job of like the, the folks at Berkeley will send me an email about something exciting. I'm like, Oh, I, I know some of those words. And then sometimes my agents will send me a follow-up email. Like, this is why it's a big deal. I'm like, Oh, thank you for translating. Um, but Truly, I just did not know how many steps were in the whole publishing process from even just something to get a book deal to landing a book deal to the rounds of editing to all the decisions to the, the marketing and PR of it all. Like there are just so many teeny tiny little things that go into it. Um, and it was surprising for me. It was surprising for my family who were even more surprised. And I was like, oh, I landed a, a book deal at the end of 2021. They're like, great. When can I read it? Like, ah, two years from now. <laughs> and they were very confused as the delay was going to be there. It's like, oh, we're going to be busy in the interim. So yeah. Yeah. Fun, fun, busy, exciting, busy, but busy. Right. Well, you know, now that you um, have written, edited, published this book, um, do do you start thinking about what am I going to follow this up with? What what are you working on now? Yeah, we're working on early stages of what will hopefully be the second book. Um, I don't, like I said, it's very early on, just hit 20K words yesterday. Woohoo. Yeah. Um, some of them might even make it to the final draft, but I think we'll <laughs> kind of continue to see. I'm going to stick in horror for a while. I don't see myself losing interest anytime soon. And so you'll see similar themes of spooky stuff and themes of mental health and maybe some dark humor thrown in throughout. So those things I think will be consistent and I will, um, it's due beginning of next year and knowing publishing, that means it'll be published in 2026 or something (laughs) like that. Hopefully sooner. (laughs) Well, you can go grab the September house now. Go gr- visit your local bookstore, support local books, yes. um, grab it. This is a, a perfect book for this time of year when we're getting ready for the spooky season. If you don't have uh, a local bookstore, we'll put links in the show notes where you can grab it from Amazon. Uh the audiobook, I just picked up the audiobook and it so far, I, I read an art copy uh, that Berkeley sent me a couple of months ago, but I listened yeah. to the audio when it came out and it is phenomenal. It's a, it's a whole so different good. experience. Yeah. 
So good. The narrator is so good. Um, Kimberly Farr, if I'm remembering names correctly, but I remember hers because she is she is excellent. Yes. Um, I or they gave me some kind of input on narrators, and so they gave examples, and so I remember like yeah. listening to a bunch of things that she narrated and just being like, "Oh my goodness! Like she's so good at this. She should she should <laughs> she should um, do this for a living." Yeah. <laughs> yeah she, <laughs> She's really good, but she's an excellent, excellent narrator. Check out, check out the audiobook too. Absolutely. We'll put links to that in the show notes as well. The September house available everywhere. Uh, Carissa, if people are just discovering you and want to follow along for any news coming up or, you know, anything that, that you've got going on, is there a place online that they can uh, find you and follow along? No, I've been joking. I'm like, don't find me. <laughs> don't find me. Um, no, I don't have any social media associated with writing. Um, but folks can follow Berkeley um, through Penguin Random House, but Berkeley has their own social media stuff. If they want to follow a folio literary agency, they can do that as well. But if they like my books, they might like other uh, Berkeley authors as well. So check that out. Absolutely. We'll link that up as well. Carissa, this has been so much fun chatting. Yeah. We're going to send everyone to pick up their copy of the September yes. House. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking time to come on the show. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. That's our episode for today. There's so much more to come as we talk to authors about the craft of writing, but also the business of publishing. Be sure to subscribe to the StoryCraft Cafe podcast in your favorite podcast app so that you never miss an episode. The StoryCraft Cafe is made possible by Dabble. Writing a book is challenging. Your writing tool should not be. Dabble is an easy-to-use online writing tool packed with helpful features that allow beginning novelists and published authors to create amazing stories. Visit us at dabblewriter.com and start your free trial today. Thanks for listening.